Hi, hi, hi. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I hope all is well with you. Uh, it's Harold Mawela here. Um, welcome, welcome. I just want to share um, uh, some uh, something great with you. So today what are we going to talk about, we just want to talk about uh, goals. You know, we want to share about um, the power of uh, goals, you know, the power of having goals in your life. So some people love goals, others do not. No matter your feelings, goals are the roadmap to progress. Yet most of us will spend more time uh, planning a vacation trip than planning our lives. So we might see vacation as more important than uh, planning our lives. Many people live their lives to chance and happenstance. But success is not an accident. All successful people learn how to achieve. So goal setting is not just for performance-driven uh, achievers. We all need to learn how to set goals before we can expect to achieve uh, those goals. So that's what we have to learn in our lives. It's important that you plan your life. You know? So this is about the power of Christ-centered goal setting. To say as we are children of God, how can we apply the word of God in uh, goals. So identify wrong assumptions about uh, God's will. There are people who are so heavenly minded uh, that they never made plans or set goals because they wanted to be open uh, to the leading of the Holy Spirit. You find a lot of Christians who say, uh, you know, we, we live by the Spirit. So their practice is just to pray before every decision or um, every action uh, that they take without planning. They would ask God whether he should, uh, you know, whether should I go to work or, you know, for the day or shouldn't. Or whether should I brush my teeth or I shouldn't. You know, there are extremes. Uh, you know, others, they pray, uh, you know, can I make a phone call, Lord, or not? Or go to the hardware store or not? <clears throat> Obviously, such people, uh, they have a hard time um, of keeping up with their job. Their view of God's will is narrow. Their understanding um, is based on the three wrong assumptions um, of the will of God. So how can we plan our lives <clears throat> also applying the will of God in our plans? So these people, uh, they believe their intuitive uh, uh, feelings are the ultimate guide in knowing the Holy Spirit's leading. Yet even Jesus knew this approach would not always work in his own life. For instance, in the garden, 
of Gethsemane, Jesus' emotions disagreed with God's will. And we, we read uh, that in uh, Matthew chapter 26, uh, verse 39. So also these people who have wrong assumptions about um, <clears throat> certain goals and the will of God, they assume that the Holy Spirit leads people only in spontaneous ways and that there is no need to plan. Yet scripture provides evidence uh, to the importance of planning. And uh, when we read about Paul, uh, the Bible tells us that Paul made plans. Uh, in Romans chapter 1, verse 13, you know, the apostles made plans. Uh, Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. And even Jesus uh, used plans. You know, it's there in Matthew chapter 10, verse 5, uh, you know, uh, to 15, uh, chapter 16 and 21, chapter 26, 17 to 19. Surely these great leaders were spirit-filled, but they had plans. So these people, <clears throat> they subconsciously rejected the fact that uh, we most often uh, discover God's will through the scriptures. The Bible is our normative guide, uh, you know, to determining uh, the Spirit's leading um, to our lives. So nothing can overrule the Word of God. Nothing can overrule the Word of God. So the Word of God is the final rule. Uh, if the Word of God says it, then it settles it. So God's will is much broader and easier than we may initially understand. Now I want us to look at this. Um, the importance of uh, balance. The important, it's so important that there is balance in your life as a child of God. Some Christ followers can be so rigid with their schedules and plans that any interruption in their day will be bothersome. You know, they wouldn't want uh, any interruption. So they are not flexible. You know, some people work through their plans even when they receive a caution from the Holy Spirit. So they are, these are both extremes. So others receive a caution from the Holy Spirit, but they still work through um, those plans. You know. Still others lack uh, you know, predetermined plans and never quite know um, what they are going to do next. You know. So somewhere uh, in between the two extremes is a place uh, of balance. Between the two extremes, there's a place of balance. And the word of God will help us how to get that balance. The Apostle Paul was a man of balance. Paul planned to minister the, uh, the gospel in a certain region only to switch plans as the Holy Spirit redirected him. So at times you have plans, but because we have a guide that the Holy Spirit is a guide, sometimes it tells you that, you know, don't continue with that plan. So you need to be sensitive um, as a child of God and be able to discern. Although Apostle Paul made plans, 
He was sensitive to the Lord changing the same plans that he has given to him. So we also need to be sensitive, uh, you know, to the voice of God. So that is uh, Christ honoring balance. The person who does not plan and uh, the rigid person approach life from uh, opposite perspectives. The first may be humble, but does not use his or her God-given um, intellect to make wise uh, decisions. So it means this person struggles with loving God with their whole heart. The rigid planner uses his or her mind, uh, you know, to uh, her mind, but neglects the heart. You know, so we can't just use the mind and neglect our heart. Even when his or her plans go wrong, this planner stubbornly sticks um, with the original uh, objectives. So they are not. Uh, flexible um, you know to, to, to the spirit so the Bible speaks of these extremes uh, when we read Proverbs chapter 6 uh, uh, verse 6 to 9 it rebukes the person who does not plan the proverb uh, writer says we should be like an end and prepare ahead of time if we intend to reap the harvest that's what he says. He says we must prepare in time. We must learn from the ends. You know, learn how to prepare. So James chapter 4 uh, verse 13 to 16 instructs us to recognize our human limitations. It says submit all your plans to the Lord and be willing to be flexible. So James Actually here, he suggests that failure to do so is an act of arrogance, you know. So you submit to the Lord, but God fulfills the plans. So James is not negating the use of goals, but rather endorsing uh, our submission of such goals to the Lord's wisdom and um, his revision you know so god is allowed to revise uh, the plans we have and even the goals that we have for the sake of you know our success so we should balance both extremes by using our minds uh, to uh, to set logical goals and actions uh, steps while humbly running them through the filters of prayer, godly counsel, uh, spirit-led guidance, and God's uh, written word. You know, so that's important that we consult with God. So setting goals is important, but uh, be careful not to be so anxious about life that you make rigid plans that are not even... Uh, humanly possible uh, to keep. Watch out for that. That your plans should be on your reach. 
nor should you be so lazy as to not uh, plan at all. You know. So the balanced approach uh, makes uh, logical plans that are submitted uh, to the Lord for the final approval. So whatever that you plan, submit it to God. Whatever new thing that you start, submit it to God for approval so that it will not come with sorrow. Why should you set goals? Goals move us uh, beyond our past successes. Perhaps you view your best days as those in high school uh, soccer days. You know, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, in my times, you know, in my times, <laughs> you know, your fun years, your, you, you know, your first year of marriage or when we were in um, our 30s. You know. So dwelling on past success, um, however, can prevent you from stepping into your future success. So be careful that you don't dwell too much on your past. When we read Philippians chapter 3, uh, verse 13 to 14, Paul writes uh, about forgetting the past and anticipating the future. So goal setting moves us from our fixation on the past to embrace the future, to embrace uh, something new, to embrace uh, or to perceive what God is bringing into our lives. So goals also shift our thinking of our past mistakes. Haven't we all given into depression or bitterness you know, or negative emotions because we look back at our failures? Haven't we all had pity uh, parties and, you know, dwelled on the what if, you know, what ifs, you know? One thing about uh, fear, it will keep, um, are stuck in the past. So goal setting, however, moves us from a fearful fixation on the past mistakes to embracing uh, tomorrow's success. You know, so goals lead you to tomorrow's success. So thus, goals give us a future to work towards. They give an opportunity to work to your future. Our past successes give us the faith to do greater things for God. Our past gives us the framework for our desired future in God. So it means setting Christ-centered goals aligns us with God's will. It aligns us with God's power and the success of God's prevailing kingdom. So it is the will of God that as his children, we should have goals, that we should set goals, that we should have plans for the future. So goal setting is biblical. Some Christians um, avoid setting goals because they believe 
God does not work through man-made rules. They feel our spiritual lives cannot be reduced uh, to a performance um, of a formula, you know. But goals are different from formulas. A goal is a target or is a desired end. All of us, we have desired ends. But it's important that we map out how are we going to get there. So having a goal does not mean we always hit it. It does mean, however, that we are getting uh, closer to our target than we would if we had no goal or no desired end in our minds. So you must have a desired end. I believe, uh, you know, for you to be successful, you must be looking forward to something. So other believers avoid setting goals because they don't want to brag about their plans. But the Bible does not forbid setting goals. Truly, it does not forbid. It encourages setting goals. So when we read Isaiah chapter 32, verse 8, it says, the noble man makes noble plans. Proverbs 16, verse 3 promises us, and it says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. So setting Christ-centered goals and making plans are good as long um, as we remember that God has the power to veto any of our plans. Yes, he has the power to veto your plans because he is in control. In 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 12, King David gives Solomon all the plans that the Spirit had put in his mind, you know, for building, um, uh, you know, the promised uh, temple. So following uh, other biblical indicators or indications um, of the significance of planning um, in your life, you know. The plans of the Lord stand firm forever and the purposes of his heart through all generations. That's Psalm 33, uh, verse 11. May he give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans to succeed. Psalm 20, verse 4. Many are the plans of man and his heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Proverbs 19 verse 21. In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Proverbs 16 verse 9. 
you see. So there's so many scriptures uh, that are really speaking about plans. There's another one that says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as the haste leads to poverty. Proverbs 21 verse 5. You know. There's another one by Jeremiah. He says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. So there's so many scriptures, uh, you know, that are there in the Bible confirming um, you know, uh, you know, uh, that we should plan. So goal planning is not bad in itself. It is a powerful neutral tool. Goal planning for evil or unethical purposes, however, is wrong. God hates evil plans. When we read Job chapter 5, verse 12, it tells us that uh, Psalm 33, 10, Isaiah 29, 15, uh, you know, Isaiah 30, uh, verse 1. You know. So faulty motives and faulty goals um, are not part of God's mandate. What is the true motive behind uh, setting any particular goal? Is it selfishness or self-gratification? If our lives are unguarded, we will be consumed with the futile search for things that confirm our self-worth. You know, so this thirst uh, for uh, accumulating things, you know, this thirst for materialism does not involve only money you know so it also includes uh, prestige power and other personal rewards uh, we use uh, you know to stroke uh, our egos while there is nothing wrong with having desires and goals our appetites and desires have been distorted by sin Sin has distorted our minds and our goals and whatever that we want to do. So rather than having, uh, uh, you know, eternal motives, we often can have fleshy motives driven by desire uh, for things of this world or for temporal uh, things that consume us. Our faulty motives then produce faulty goals uh, that momentarily fill our emptiness, you know. But in the long run, they are detrimental. So when we read Romans chapter 1, uh, verse 22 to 25, it suggests that when we live um, like that, we exchange God's glory for a lie. And we serve uh, you know, the creature rather than the creator. 
Having worldly success and, and fulfilling God's purpose are really the same uh, thing. So we need to differentiate um, on those. You know. So Jesus talked about a successful man who seemed uh, to have it all. But because of uh, his skewed motives, he had not uh, been reached uh, towards God. Uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 16 uh, to 21. Jesus, therefore, challenges us. Uh, you know, he challenges us, um, you know, <clears throat> to derive meaning and purpose from our relationship uh, you know, with the infinite uh, creator rather than the finite creations. Uh, you know. So James 4 verse 13 to 17 reveals uh, three faulty actions that often lead uh, to failure. You know. And number one is ignoring God. Number two, underestimating um, you know, the, the brevity of life, you know. Number three, uh, disobedience. Anyone then who knows uh, the good he ought to do and does not do it, it's sin. Remember that faulty motives produce faulty goals. Faulty motive. So, when you do your goals, uh, what is your inspiration? So, do goals that honor God. Judas somehow believed his plans were better than Jesus' plans. You know. So, as uh, the treasurer of Jesus' ministry, he was upset at what appeared to be a waste of resources when Mary poured expensive perfume um, on Jesus. You know. So he saw it as a waste, um, but Jesus saw it as a gain. So Judas' anger was not because he cared for uh, the poor people, but because he was a thief. Sadly, Judas uh, later sold out um, uh, Jesus, uh, you know, for 30 pieces of silver. You know. So Judas uh, demonstrated that self-righteousness can cause a person to do hideous acts of harm. And this is the part that we need, um, you know, to, to be alert uh, of, especially in our life. Self-righteousness. So his goals were not in agreement with Jesus' goals. They were not. So our goals must be consistently in agreement with the word of God and with God. So following our eight keys uh, to setting goals that honor God. Number one, alignment. We need goals that are in agreement with uh, the goals and the mission of God. Your goals must be aligned with the mission of God. 
Judas disagreed with and, uh, and was disappointed with Jesus. Judas probably wanted a military leader, not a Messiah or a savior. We need to cooperate with God, and this is often, uh, you know, involving surrendering our way, our will, our way of doing things and do things God's way. So surrender your will. Surrender it to God's will. Number two, aspiration. To aspire for goals that please God, we must get God's direction. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 instructs us, Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So goals must begin with an overall vision of what we believe, uh, you know, to be our life uh, mission. So that vision or our mission then dictates all of the other goals and also the what? The decisions that we take. So number three, aim. You know, have an aim. We must be um, consistent in our effort to achieve the objective and remain fixed on accomplishing it. So I want you to consider the example of Jesus who set um, his face um, to go to Jerusalem. He was sent for the lost sheep you know, of the house uh, of uh, Israel. You know. So there was an aim. You know. So have an aim in your life. What are you aiming at? Uh, you know, what, what cause um, are you aiming at? Uh, number four, acceptance. To honor God, we must accept God's goals and uh, his will for our lives. So God's will is useful um, only after it is recognized and accepted. You know, God's will, it's, it's helpful when we accept it. So accept God's will in your life or you will not succeed. Association. Believers should share their goals with someone um, who can hold them accountable. In addition, it is critical to associate with faith-filled people and encourage us. A good way to do this is to plug into a healthy Bible teaching, Bible-based, a praying church that loves God, that teaches the principles of Christ. Five, one thing that is also important, attitude. Paul notes, uh, you know, it is God who works in you, you know, 
um, you know, to will and to act according to his good purpose. So our attitude matters. Therefore, we must cultivate a positive attitude and believe that we can do all things through Christ the Lord who strengthens us. Have the can-do attitude. Say, I can do it. The next one is asking. James writes, you do not have because you do not ask on God. So ask God to be the center of your decisions and to empower you to carry out his will for your life. Seek God first and he will direct your steps. Seek God first. Then he will lead you. Life is the succession of small moments and each one adding up to a lifetime. Therefore, small changes applied to any life can make a big difference. The next one um, is action. Jesus said in John chapter 13 uh, verse 17 that you are blessed if you do the will of God. So honoring God while we pursue our goals requires courage, you know, the willingness uh, to take action even though the outcome is uncertain. So for us to succeed, we need that courage. We need that willingness. We need to be willing uh, to attain whatever that you are pursuing. So such courage is attained only as we develop a lifestyle of conscious dependence on God. So when we are consciously depending on God, he gives us that courage to keep on pursuing even though there are challenges. So what are the prerequisites uh, of uh, goal setting? You know, in setting goals, we may ask this, uh, you know, this question, what uh, does God want uh, you know, most from me? Where do I need to grow? It might be a question. You know, what have my prayers uh, been focused on uh, recently? You know, where do I uh, begin in setting uh, Christ-centered goals. So the following steps um, are important, um, you know, in, in goal setting. So they are very, very important. You know. So do a reality check. Um, identify your strengths and also your weaknesses. What are your tendencies, uh, tendencies um, you know, your gifts, 
and also your experiences. As you commit uh, to being yourself, pay attention also to your weaknesses. Pay attention to your weaknesses. Keep the end in focus. What is the end result um, you are after? Envision your victory and also your success. What do you want to accomplish? That's an important question. What do I want to accomplish? So start with the end in mind and work backwards. And also in your mind, create a picture. Imagine the benefits of reaching um, your goals. You know. So that will be a driver there, you know, attaining success. Identify your values. What is really important to you? What matters uh, most, uh, you know, to God? Make a list of your values and create your goals to be in alignment with your values. You know, I believe that as humans, we work hardest at what we care about most. You know. So what do you care about? And start implementing your goals towards the things that you care about. Then you become successful. So pray, you know, spend time with Jesus um, every day. Prayer brings supernatural results. Uh, the Bible says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously, you know, to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. So make prayer your habit. Make prayer your daily habit. Establish priorities. Decide on your three most important goals. And work backwards, uh, listing three things you want to accomplish um, in, in 10 years, uh, or 20 years, 10 years, uh, 5 years, this year, this month, this week, and today. You know, so break them down. Make a progress plan. So break down your Christ-centered goals into progressive uh, steps. Small steps can bring uh, big changes, you know. So take action. Take a sheet of paper and divide it in a, you know, half vertically. Write God's part on the other side, my part on the other, and under God's part, write the promises of God's word that need to be appropriated to accomplish the goals. And under my part, of which it will be your part, write your specific 
action items. And don't just write only items, but also uh, stipulate deadlines uh, to those uh, actions so that it keeps you uh, on course uh, in your timeline. Eliminate clutter from your life and reduce unnecessary things from your life. For example, unplug the, uh, the television uh, three nights a week. You know, have an email-free day a week. Or turn off, uh, you know, your cell phone, you know, two nights or three nights a week. Do not give in to things that distract you from your purposes. Write it all down. Write it down. Make out your top uh, ten lists, um, you know. Include um, your goals, uh, include action steps, uh, include your strategies, um, and also your deadlines. You can also um, ask questions. Uh, I think it's important to, to ask questions and consult uh, with experts on whatever field that you want to pursue. Ask how you, are, you can uh, you know, accomplish your goals. Learn to ask questions that produce um, a good direction and also uh, results. So what can you do uh, in a corporation, you know, in, in cooperation with God to make it happen? What can you do? Consider action steps. You know, what are the logical steps uh, to making that goal happen? And follow those steps that you have uh, written. Also, the important thing to do is to gather the skills and the knowledge you will need to accomplish your goals. So seek advice and, you know, wise people in your life. Allow people to speak um, in your life, you know. So find those who are further in the journey. Those who have been there, um, uh, you know, in the journey where you want to go. Plead for the encouragement. Plead for support also of your family and also your friends. I think it's important that you, you also Ask your friends and your family to help you through, um, you know, to, to achieve what you want and to also hold you accountable. Uh, study the Bible. As you study the word, apply its truth um, to your situation and you will find success. So God clarifies uh, things to us when we read his word. Consider each goal and discover as many Bible verses um, about um, uh, each uh, goal as possible. Identify and memorize key verses that will encourage you uh, as you reach for your goals. You know. So memorize those verses uh, as you align them. Uh, with uh, the goals that you have. 
So one thing I would also encourage you to do, I would encourage you, uh, encourage you to dream. In many ways, uh, we become what we think. So dream your future. Live it out loud and live it in color, you know. So project into your future. You know, what do you see uh, into your future? Project your future. One thing that is important is focus, uh, you know. Do not work on too many things at one time. Do not spread yourself too thin. Focus on what you can control and what you can change. Don't focus on things that are outside your control. Do not set yourself up to be overwhelmed. Reach out for what you can reach. Start with what you can reach. Start with the little things, and they will grow up to become uh, bigger things. And also be flexible. You know, our lives are unpredictable at the best. And our goals are, you know, dependent on God's grace and also on mercy. So goals can be readjusted, you know, and sometimes they can be changed along uh, the way as you grow and mature and as the picture becomes clearer. So review your progress uh, often. Check if um, are you achieving the desired end. Then come up with new action steps that will. You know. So spiritual growth um, can be uh, agonizingly slow but knowing our God-given goals keeps us focused and moving towards our destiny in Jesus Christ so be flexible also with uh, your due dates you know be flexible with your due dates they may need to be adjusted along the way you know because sometimes or at times uh, you have setbacks and setbacks are not failures. So spread out your due dates. Do not get uh, too discouraged. Don't be discouraged if you have not uh, reached uh, a date. Recognize your partial uh, success. Stay on track and also persevere. You know, adapt. Uh, to the changing times and also to the changing environment. Failure happens only when we stop trying. So start to apply several of these prerequisites and you will be on your way uh, to developing a life-changing and a Christ-centered uh, goal-setting that will produce huge, amazing, successful dividends in your life. Now let's head to creating uh, smart goals. Goals are the roadmap to success. So instead of setting 
the goal of I'm going to eat better. A smart goal would be I will eat five or eight servings of fruit and vegetables each day. So this goal gives a specific time frame, you know, like as it says daily, and also a measuring tool, like when we say five, you know, to eight servings, you know. So these are goals uh, that are realistic and also attainable uh, boundaries. It is also tangible that you can easily determine um, whether you, you have accomplished your goal or you did not. So here are the characteristics of uh, SMART uh, goals that I want to uh, share with you. Be specific. I want to lose weight is <laughs> not a good goal because it is not specific. A specific goal would be at the end of six months, I would have lost 15 kilograms. After six months, I will know specifically if I have met my goal. So goals are personal to you. So express your goals in the positive. Uh, you know, express them in the positive. Make them specific so that you are able to measure your progress. You know. So they should be your goals should be measurable. How will I know I have achieved my goals? Write them down. <laughs> I want to emphasize that. Write them down. A measurable goal would be I will write and send one thank you card per week this month. You know, so... So at month end, I will be able to evaluate whether or not I met that goal. So that goal was measurable because it was specific. And it had a time frame. You know. So your goals must have a time frame. So you are able to do it, to track on your progress and to know where can you improve, what can you change, where can you work on or add what. Also be precise. Breaking down your goals into smaller steps. Uh, you know, set performance goals rather than outcome goals. Goals based uh, on outcomes are extremely vulnerable to failure and are out of our control. So personal performance goals put you in control over the achievement of those goals. So if you set 
an outcome-based goal or um, of uh, finishing a race um, with the top three, then you stand a great chance of personal defeat. But if you set a performance-based goal of finishing within a certain time or a certain time frame, then you stand a greater chance of achieving you know, that personal uh, goal that you have uh, uh, set for yourself. You know. And one uh, important thing is that they should be, your goals should be attainable. So our goals need to be uh, reasonable and reachable. Most people can handle somewhere between five um, and ten goals. So limit the number of challenging goals you have at any given time, lest you become overwhelmed and also you will become uh, frustrated. So if I were you, I would uh, go for simpler goals that are easy uh, to handle. They are in motivation and uh, they give you strength and they keep you going. For we can work with more of them, uh, you know, simultaneously. So be careful, however, uh, not to set goals too low um, uh, as challenging goals, you know, um, you know, force us, uh, you know, to go. You know. so, so don't set them too low. So strike a balance between uh, these two extremes and set your goals um, around your priorities or the priorities that you have. So it's important, um, you know, that you don't set too low goals. Uh, goals are also time-bound. Goals should be both short-term and long-term. The short-term goals are smaller steps that lead uh, to greater long-term goals. Short-term and long-term goals together create um, a comprehensive uh, life uh, of goals. So always have at least one short-term and one long-term. You know, two years or you know or longer goals at, at, a, at, a, at, a, at any given time. The more short-term goals you have, the more tasks you are likely to have uh, coming soon. So short-term goals assure you that you will uh, have victories uh, frequently. And that in itself is motivating gives you strength to carry on. So set reminders as often as needed. Timing can often uh, deter the order of priority in action steps taken and, you know, setting deadlines. So smart goals really do work um, if you use them. 
they do work if you use them. So when you do short goals, use them and attain those small uh, victories. So evaluating your goals, um, reflect, uh, you know, honestly uh, evaluate your progress and your successes and struggles uh, of your previous months and a year. Answer questions such as, what did I accomplish this year? Where did I struggle most? What have I learned? How did I overcome my obstacles? What surprise changes happened? You know, were my techniques faulty? Was my goal set too high? Do I need to adjust my goal? Did it happen too easily or quickly? These reflective questions help you, you know, to build your successes and also uh, develop uh, new strategies um, for uh, continued success.